Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Hebrews 9, and before we go there, let's uh, let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for keeping keeping us all safe and watching over us. I'm grateful for who you are, the fact that you love us, that you talk to us in so many different ways. You speak to our hearts directly. You give us your word. You give us others to help us interpret it. And I'm just grateful for all of that. And I'm most of all, I thank you for, for your salvation through Jesus. I'm, it's the fact that I can come and learn about you and get closer to you, to understanding all that you are. In a very lim- I know I'm very limited, Father, but I'm just thankful for the insights and what I have seen. And I just pray that as we read today, that Holy Spirit, you would be the one who talks to us. That would be your words, that would be your wi- wisdom and your understanding we would gain. For I know there's nothing good for me. I'm just a, just a guy. I don't have great insights. So, Father, I lift, lift up this time to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, we're in chapter 9, and basically, Hebrews has been a very interesting study. It's been a study where, really, it's, it's not directed towards us, the Gentile. And it's really an argument <clears throat> for why Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament and the creation of a new, or the Old Covenant versus the New Te- Covenant. And it's the ar- what we've seen so far is the argument that Jesus is superior to the most exalted of Jews, Moses and Abraham and Jacob and just basically all of their the forefathers. And then we saw that he was superior to any high priest there was. And the example is Melchizedek, who basically was considered awesome, so awesome that Abraham gave him a tenth of whatever he had after a great battle. And so now we're going to see that Jesus's sin offering is superior to anything else in the, what was happening in, with the old covenant. And it really creates a sin offering that is only required one time, not year after year, day after day. Jesus only had to die once. And as soon as he's in your life and our lives and his blood covers us, it's, it's forever. It shows that we can now gain access. We have closer access to God because Jesus is in our life. And in the past, with the tabernacle, the earthly tabernacle, number one, was just, it was a copy of what was in heaven. It was the best that you could do because it's earthly, not spiritual. It's, it's, it's earthly, not heavenly. But even within that, the closest that the average Israelite could, could come is the outer courtyard. They couldn't enter this tent that was huge and made with white linens and all the different um, accoutrements that, that went with it. They couldn't even enter into it. They had to only come out and offer their sacrifice in the courtyard. And then there was the the next level into the tabernacle. And that's where the priest could go, was only in there. And then only 
one priest annually could go into the center of it where the Ark of the Covenant was and various other items were along with the sacrificial altar that the priest made the sacrifice for for the sins of the Israelites on an annual basis. So the access to God and the forgiveness of our sins was a continual process, but the access to him was very limited. And it was all done through a intermediary. And now that intermediary is no longer a person, it's Jesus. And he is God, and just as the Holy Spirit is is God too, part of him. And so it's all of these elements. So we're we're linking directly into God via Jesus and versus having to try to get our sins forgiven one time every year by someone else, by a man who had his own sins that needed to be forgiven. So this is the argument made by the author of Hebrews. So let's go ahead and start reading. Verse 1, chapter 9. Now the first covenant has regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up in the first room where the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark of the covenant. Now understand that they say the, the, the curtain was so thick that it was, a, it was the length of them or the, it was wide, so wide that it was the length of your hand, of a man's hand. So, you know, about six inches thick and it weighed hundreds of pounds. And that was torn from top to bottom when Christ died on the cross. Let's see. Behind the second curtain was a room called the Most Holy Place, which had a golden altar of incense and the gold-covered Ark of the Covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover. But we can dis- we cannot discuss these things in detail now. Again, most of the, his audience would already know this because they were all Hebrews. When everything had been arranged like this, the priest entered regularly, hard, easy for me to say, into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. But when Christ came as high priest of the good of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not part of his creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean 
Sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. But how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, or so that we may serve the living God? So only the priest and the high priest served God in this way. We now have an access to God through Jesus Christ. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is enforced only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every command of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. He said, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled the blood, both the blood, both the tabernacle, or I'm sorry, in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its, in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one, he entered heaven himself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place, every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do... But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by, by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So there's a lot here that... Ultimately, again, the author is making his argument to other Hebrews that Jesus is the fulfillment. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice that only needs to be done once. We don't keep crucifying Jesus time and time again. Each time our sins need to be forgiven. He has cleansed us with his blood, and that is sufficient for all time. And I know for myself, I struggle at times that I'm just too much of a failure. I sin too much. I do this and I just feel like a complete and total you know, waste. And I, I'll tell you, I've been baptized three or four times. <laughs> and it's, and you know, it's, it's mostly a recommitment on my side, on my part. I think it's three times I've been baptized. And it's a commitment on my part, a recommitment on my part. But at times I felt like I needed to be re-forgiven and my sins needed to be re-cleansed. And that's just not the case. It's such a 
ignorant view on my part. Jesus forgave my sins once and for all. Now, whether or not I need to be baptized to, for a commitment, recommitting for myself is a different story. But it's not because I need the forgiveness again. Jesus has forgiven us. God has forgiven us. We are cleansed. We can approach the the throne with confidence and humility regardless because we've been forgiven. And that change in our hearts, that change in our lives, it it is one time. It's whether or not now we need to take additional steps in order to grow and understand those things, which is why I read the Bible here daily. And that's the purpose of this journey is to get back and get closer to God. And I say I'm on my journey back to God, but it's really, God never left me. He's still right next to us. He's omnipresent, but I have to change my perspective. And what it is, is when I say I'm back, you know, my journey back to God, it's really my journey to understand him more completely and to understand what he wants from me and how to live for him more completely. So anyways, I, I'm finding Hebrews to be very interesting because it's, it's such a logical argument and the, the author is going step by step by step and really just pointing out, this is why, this is why, this is why. But I also find at times it's it's hard for me to relate because I don't think about a high priest. I don't think about having a high priest at all, actually, <clears throat> because they're not part of what I ever grew up with. They're not part of my society. I don't think about the tabernacle, really. I've always understood, oh, yeah, God's everywhere. And, you know, that's one of those things. I've never really understood any of that because it's never been part of my life. But I do like the argument and it's in the discussion and the logic of this discussion because it helps me understand more fully. I may not understand, you know, the, <clears throat> how the the temple or the tabernacle was built until I've researched it. But the reality is, is understanding what how, how radical of a change Jesus was from the old ways. That's been very refreshing and enlightening. So anyways, with that, let's, let's go back to God with prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. I'm grateful for all that you've done. I open my heart. I open my mind. I open my spirit to you, Lord. And I just pray that I would bring you glory and honor in some small way. It's not me. I just pray I'd submit to you. I pray I'd submit to your will and that I'd do your will. I don't, have any illusions that I can bring you glory or that I can do something in a major way, Lord. I just want to be your child that makes you smile, <laughs> that does your will, whatever that will is for me, not something grand, just whatever it is for me, Lord. And I want to grow closer to you. So Father, I just praise you for the, the way you've spoken to us as we've read. And I just pray you'd continue to Help our spirits and our minds and our hearts to understand so that we can love you with all our hearts and all our minds and all our being. And we can also love our neighbors as ourselves. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. 
I hope you have a great day.